This is the Hartwell Studio Works Sports Branding Podcast, Episode 5, Brand and Sponsorship, with J.W. Cannon. Hello and welcome. To the fifth episode of the Hartwell Studio Works Sports Branding Podcast. I'm John Hartwell. I am the brains and pencil behind Hartwell Studio Works. I am a sports brand designer in Atlanta, Georgia. This podcast is for front office personnel who want to harness the power of sports branding to win more fans. So this is an exciting episode for the podcast. It is our first ever guest interview episode. I've talked a lot in the previous episodes about the foundational principles of sports branding. I've done a lot of talking by myself about how to think about a brand. And I thought it was time, after all this thinking about sports branding, to talk about what it is that you do with a sports brand. Sports is a business, and like any business, you don't invest time and money in sports branding for the sake of thinking deep thoughts. You invest in sports branding to impact your bottom line. And one of the ways that the sports bottom line is built is through sponsorship sales. And I thought it would be interesting to talk about how sports branding relates to the business need of selling sponsorships. To talk about that intersection of brand and sponsorship, I've asked J.W. Cannon, a well-respected sports marketer with extensive experience on both the agency and client side of the sponsorship table, to join me in talking about how a solid sports brand can translate into successful sponsor partnerships. This is a really great conversation, and I hope you enjoy. All right, welcome to the Hartwell Studio Works Sports Branding Podcast. J.W. Cannon, how are you today, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Um, I thought we might start today by having you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background in sports sponsorship. Sure. I've uh, I've been in sponsorships in varying capacities over the past, oh gosh, it's going back to 2003. So past 15 years um, at various companies working with uh, brands such as the Home Depot, Bank of America, Auto Trader on the agency side, and then on the corporate side with ING and and most recently UPS. I am currently the Strategic Director of Partnership Integration for Sports Alliances at the American Cancer Society. And my job here is to uh, leverage our sports partnerships that we have to, to raise money for the cause of, of fighting cancer and, and also to raise awareness of the brand and the capabilities and the things that we do at the American Cancer Society. Excellent. Very good. So this this question is a little sports business 101, uh, but to kind of help frame the conversation, what is the value of a sports sponsorship to sponsors? Why do sponsors want to align themselves with the sports market? Well, I always say when you when you buy a sponsorship, you're essentially buying two things. You're, you're buying a logo and you're buying access. You're not really buying media or tickets or marketing assets because those things can often be bought or recreated without any sort of official partnership. So what I mean by saying a logo and access, a logo, I mean, you're, you're buying the association with that brand and the fan base. There's something very powerful about that. And having the exclusive access and the 
having the exclusive ability to leverage that logo in your various promotions and that tie to the brand is very powerful to the fan base. So I think that's a that's an important uh, distinction between sports sponsorship and and why it's important to them. The second thing, from an access perspective, you know, having that official relationship gives you kind of an inside access to that fan base that's harder, much harder to reach if you don't have that sort of thing. Using official channels, um, being able to leverage that logo in, in promotions, being able to access folks like other corporate partners and vendors and suppliers, and leveraging that relationship, those are things you're not going to get as part of an official relationship. And to me, those are the two things that are the most important parts of, of sponsorship to the brands themselves. Very good. Very good. Thank you. So one of the things that I like to talk about in, in regard, in, in regards to logos, speaking of logos, that, that that's an important part of the sports sponsorship process. Um, a logo is more than a pretty picture. And so can you speak to the idea of you're getting access to the logo, you're getting access to that visual representation, but underneath that, what is the role of an organization's brand in that relationship? And, and when I say brand, I mean the marketing tool that is the brand, the, the organization's story, the thing that makes it unique. What is, what is that role in that sports sponsorship I mean, uh, relationship? I mean, to me, I, I think understanding the brands from both sides helps you more in that upfront process of identifying the right partnerships. And that goes both ways, right? You want to be when you consider sponsorships, you want to be conscious to partner with folks that embody the various aspects of your brand, whether that includes sharing a common audience, aligning attributes, sharing common goals and the like. You know, Ultimately, that, that alignment is going to help you narrow your focus on the partnerships that makes most sense. And that, that goes both ways, right? It's partnerships that make sense for the brand who's buying, but that also makes sense for the people that you're targeting for sales. If your brand embodies youth and edginess and mine is older and more conservative, for example, that partnership's not likely to succeed, right? So, so that brand alignment up front is key to finding the right partnerships that have a better chance of success. So given that if you line up 10 different brand marketers, brand designers, brand specialists, you're going to get 10 different definitions of a brand. I gave my definition of a brand in the first episode of the podcast. How do you define a brand? What is the definition of a brand to you? You know, I, I thought about that. And I know you asked me this one up front and, and I'm, I'm not so sure you could sum it up in one statement because it means so many different things to, to different people, as you noted. But in the end, to me, it's about personal feelings and, and those feelings can get pretty complicated but I guess if you can, if you think about it in the simplest of terms, to me the brand represents the the sum of all all of the things that are um, available to people, how they perceive, how they feel about all aspects of your company, your organization, what it stands for, your product, your service, the experience they have, and also what makes it different and sets it apart from your competition. So to me, I think that's the best way to kind of define it. So that the, the the idea of emotional connections, the idea of of not just appealing to the rational side of the consumer's brain, if you will, but really hooking them with with some sort of emotional pull, that's an important part of the process, whether it's sports or otherwise. Is it is that what I'm hearing you say? Without a doubt, emotions uh, brands are about evoking emotions, and emotions can be very powerful. And they influence the decision-making process, you know, and whether you're making a decision about what laundry detergent to buy or where to go to the movies, a lot of times that emotion is going to influence the decision. Very good. So with your work at Home Depot, Bank of America, these are 
big nationally recognized brands and they're aligning themselves with things like College Game Day. Uh, Bank of America has their name on the Carolina Panther Stadium. These are very big, high-profile uh, sponsorship relationships. How does that role of a properties brand then change if you get smaller uh, for more regional concerns, say for like a minor league baseball team or a smaller Division Three collegiate athletic program? How does that brand relationship change or not? Um, you know, I, I think it, it doesn't change that much outside of it gets much more targeted, right? So if you're focusing on a much narrow regional area, um, you can get a lot more, you get a lot more specifics uh, in, in the efforts that you make using that partnership. You know, for example, a lot of times when you partner with a national organization, you are, you are trying to position yourself as a national brand. You know, you, you have to talk to everybody to a certain degree. And it, it's, it's a much broader message that you're leveraging at that level. When you get down to the regional level, you are just trying to talk to those specific fans in that particular market. And so you can use things like, hey, go to your local store to buy X. You can use things like go down the street and do Y and, and get a buy one, get one free. You can use those sorts of promotions. Um, and I think that's the way it really changes. It changes the tactics and the way the brands really leverage their, their partnership. Okay. All right. Um, not to lead with a negative, but let me ask this question. What are some of the mistakes you might see or you have seen that properties make in regards to their brands, whether it's in the story that they're trying to tell, the emotional connections that they're trying to tell, or maybe they have bad creative? Um, what are some of the mistakes that could be avoided that, that you've seen? Uh, to me, you know, a lot of the mistakes that are made are really just not understanding who their audience is. I think in order to effectively activate your brand, you really have to have a strong understanding of what your audience wants to see. That requires an immense amount of research and requires an immense amount of talking to people and getting opinions and assessing emotions. And to me, I think when you start, when you see mistakes, it's because people are just absolutely talking to the wrong folks. Um, if um, if African-Americans are not your your target audience for your brand, you don't target, you don't run African-American-based promotions. Um, similar if you're talking to the LGBT community, if, if that's not part of your brand, if, it's, if you're trying to attract them, it's one thing, but if they're really not part of your brand, I think that's where people make mistakes is they, they just target the wrong people and because they, they don't have an understanding of who their audience really is. All right, very good. So um, the, the positive side of that coin then would be, um, with, with that in mind, what you just described, what are, what should properties know about, about their brand in order to more successfully attract sponsors? Is it, is it primarily knowing who your audience is or is there, is there anything else that, that, that an organization can do with their brand and developing their brand and thinking and communicating their brand that can make them more, I guess, for lack of a better, better way to put it, attractive to sponsors at whatever level? I mean, all of the above. I mean, honestly, just do your research, know who you're talking to before you start making pitches. Know that not everybody is a fit for your brand, so there's no need to try and force it. At the end of the day, if your proposal shows that you have a better understanding of who those companies that you're trying to target, also who their customers are, what they represent, the experience they're trying to create, you're ultimately going to get a lot more receptivity to sales pitches. Very good. Um, any any additional thoughts that you might have about about the role of of brand and why it's important? 
You know, to me, I think um, when you successfully develop a trusted brand for your business, your customers are going to be influenced to develop loyalty to you. They're, they're going to continue to return to your business knowing they will continue um, to be able to purchase the quality product or service they've come to expect from you. So if, if you, for example, a customer had a, a customer had a particularly rewarding interaction with you, say someone went out of their way to help you solve some sort of problem, that customer is going to remember that experience and will probably return to that place for future purchases. And if they come back and have similar stellar experiences, they're going to develop that level of trust. And over time, you'll be able to ultimately turn those folks into advocates that tell others and bring them into the fold. So that's where really the brand comes into play. You want to develop this element of, of trust in your brand. And trust ultimately builds re- repeat business. Repeat business ultimately builds advocacy. And that's the importance of the role of the brand. Is it fair to say that that kind of that kind of, of relationship, a good successful sponsorship, can benefit both sides? It's a two way street. the The sponsor gets the benefit of aligning and getting access to the logo and to the audience, but that the property can also benefit from that relationship, not just in uh, not just in sponsorship revenue, obviously, but in in other ways in which the brand can grow and become more trusted, as you say. Oh, without a doubt, um, and I think that's a very that's a that's a very important point to make. A lot of a lot of salespeople overlook that fact and the value of associating with the right brands. Some get it and some don't. Um, but at the minute you start to look at these sponsorship relationships as transactional and just a way to get revenue, um, I think that's where trouble starts to brew in relationships, and ultimately those are relationships that that fail more often than not. So to me. That, that partnership aspect, and I'm using my air quotes here, that partnership aspect is, is a key part of, of, uh, of, of how you think about the sponsor relationships that you have. There is benefit to both sides. Very good. All right. Well, JW, I want to thank you so much for your time today. This has been a really, really informative uh, and uh, and I think engaging conversation. And I hope that the uh, that the audience gets uh, gets a lot from it. Um, thanks so much for your time, and I will look forward to keeping in touch. Thanks very much, and thanks for having me. And uh, look forward to coming back again soon. My thanks again to JW for his time and willingness to share his sports brand and sponsorship insights. I hope you found it helpful and that you'll be able to use these insights in your efforts to strengthen your brand, sell more sponsorships, and ultimately win more fans. You can get in touch with JW through his LinkedIn and Twitter accounts. Links to those accounts can be found in the show notes for this episode at the podcast page of my website, HartwellStudioWorks.com. If you would, Subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and help other sports professionals find this podcast. If you'd like to talk about this episode, you can reach out to me by email at john at hartwellstudioworks.com and you can also follow me on social media on Twitter and Instagram using the handle hartwellstudio. And you can check out my portfolio of sports branding work at hartwellstudioworks.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.